0: good morning good afternoon welcome to the no Mongo podcast a weekly show about all things skateboarding and my name is rick Veda. today i've got an independent skateboard critic enthusiast advocate he's a writer documentarian he's a paramedic in his weekday you know uh, grind scott loist aka spot the loony joins me today scott welcome to the show man
1: thanks so much for having me rick
0: it's good to chat and and now selfishly of course I'm glad we're able to chat today, but we talked about this a little bit before we hit the mic, you know, recording the mic, but how is your foot doing, man? I know that's kind of the timing we were looking at, but you got, you got a little banged up for a minute there,
1: huh? Yeah, uh, foot's improving. So I'm just, I missed a step and came down with all my weight on my right foot and basically folded it in half. Uh Fortunately, I didn't break anything. Unfortunately, I probably tore or partially tore everything.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I saw the... You know, you had the, the x-rays up there and just the bruise. It takes me back. I mean, knock on wood or semi wood. But yeah, I had a, a sprain like that. Like I was, gosh, I was in my early 20s and it looked exactly the same. It was just bruised all on the bottom, just nasty and it sucked. So
1: yeah, I've had a worse ankle injury and I'd only just uh, gotten back to work last October from breaking my collarbone in half. So I kind of feel bad being a paramedic sitting on the sidelines of a pandemic.
0: That's what I was going to say. You can't really be a paramedic if you're banged up. I mean, you can't even like half-ass that. You can't, you've you got to be 100% to, to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nonetheless, we're, we're talking here today. So I'm excited for that because I'm, you know, for those that are listening, like I mentioned, Skate Park Critic, that's part of the me- reason why I wanted to have him on the show today just because I don't know too much about skate parks. I mean, Scott, I mean, we'll get into it, but you visit a lot of skate parks but we'll start it like way back you know around what 88 89 so how much did like the cool kids have an influence on you in picking up a skateboard back then
1: uh so from ages zero to six my family moved around a little bit just because my dad was finishing university so we were uh outside of toronto so toronto's kind of the base uh we were an hour 40 outside of toronto in kitchener waterloo area Uh, We moved around there into a more rural area to just before we went to Kansas, where we lived uh, in Topeka, I think, wherever Kansas University is. Uh, We were there for 18 months, came back to the place in the suburbs of Kitchener. Uh, and we were there for less than a year before we moved to Toronto. So uh, in the summer, I guess I was about six. So that would have been 87, 88. Uh, two doors down from us, they, the family there had a teenage boy with a couple of friends who all skateboarded. And I asked my parents for a skateboard. So they got me one. Nice. And I haven't been able to figure out what it was. And I definitely don't have it anymore. But it was probably from <laughs> Toys R Us because I kind of feel like I remember taking the cardboard off of it. Uh, and I would just buzz around sitting on it or on my knee. And they had a couple of ramps and they let me hang out with them. And then it wasn't for uh, probably another six or seven years, kind of a little bit before the start of the X Games, we'd moved around in the neighborhood. And my friend suddenly rolls up on a popsicle stick. I'm like, oh, skateboarding. Yeah, I, I can do that. So got skateboarding with him. X Games started when we were both heavy into it. And like he taught me how to ollie. So this is... Uh, i guess the true canadian thing if you learn how to ollie a uh hockey stick and then <laughs> we were teenage boys we light it on fire there you go <laughs> that's awesome yeah i i i keep
0: saying that i my first board was like a veriflex banana board but i can't find one i can't find an image of one so i'm thinking that i'm i'm i, I have it incorrect and mate i don't know it was a green banana board as you know we all it was flat i think it's a derby style board but But yeah, I I can't even, as you mentioned, you don't have yours as well. That's one thing I'm, man, if I could go back and just save that one board, I I would. But I can't even find it on eBay, but I think I'm looking for the wrong thing.
1: So maybe that's part of my problem too, you know? You never know. There's so many companies it probably could have been. Yeah. I mean, I might actually have your board over on my wall.
0: <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, um but yeah, you got a, a, a nice setup. So I'm, I'm jealous. And you, we talked a little bit about that too. You got that half pipe in, you know, your, your basement. And you got a cool setup, but you can't use it at the moment. So I'm sure, you know, once you're back up and running, that you're gonna be riding that thing uh, a, a lot because you are in Toronto, right? So the
1: weather's not too. I am in Pickering, which is if you're in Toronto and you go east, it's the very next city. Uh, oh, okay. I border on Toronto and I actually work as a paramedic on the other side of the city. So I, I like to keep my life uh, separated from my work. Gotcha. But in that there's a lot of skate parks that I can go between. Makes sense. So, so yeah, which kind of leads me to my next
0: question, you know, doing some, uh, doing the research for this interview was awesome by the way. So you currently hold, and let me know if I'm wrong, you hold the record for the most skate parks written in one day. And that number is 50. Is that right?
1: I wish I could say it's still true. So, uh, a few days after RecordSetter.com uh, officiated on it and said that you have the record, a couple of my buddies went out and hit 53 in a day. Oh. And they got the record. Yeah, they went out in September, uh, I think September 12th or something, some Sunday in September, and went out and broke the record.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, do you have uh, motivation, aspirations to, to break that record again? Maybe hit. 60 I don't know I mean how is it how does it feel
1: they have loosely invited me to go out and do a higher record with them but I f- I feel really bad having someone come along when I did it the first time I felt like I was dragging two friends along for nothing more than filming and support and they hardly got to skate all day uh when The guys did 53. They said the biggest issue was their planning. They they didn't really plan for food. They lost a lot of time stopping to get uh, washer breaks and meals. Yeah, I went like a cooler. We only had to stop for one drive-through for coffee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that makes sense. But but yeah, I was like, I remember hearing that number. I'm like, oh, I got to ask you about that. But you know what? Who knows down the road? We'll leave that open ended. But another milestone which you hit, which you know, I started as I started following your work. I think it was like roughly last year, the year before. So you finally hit your 400th park, which is insane for me to say, because I mean, it's a milestone, right? So congrats on that. And, but I, but I want to mention this because you might laugh or, or call me a noob or whatever, but I probably only hit 20 in my lifetime, maybe. So you have like 380 plus on me. So congrats on 400, by the way.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So it's been a, been a fun trip.
0: 400 skate parks. and. And I think most of those, I would guess, what ninety percent are in Canada, right?
1: Yeah, the the number of ones in the states is under twenty. Okay, most of them are the southern Ontario area. Uh, I have done coast to coast. I haven't done Newfoundland. It's the only province I haven't been to to skate. Hmm.
0: Damn. Yeah, and that's you know. So how long did, how long did it take you to get to four hundred?
1: Oh, years. So I didn't really start counting until 2006. Uh, Me and two friends did a cross-country road trip from Toronto to Vancouver Island. On that trip, we did 22 parks in 21 days. And that's kind of when I started looking back like, oh, what have I been to before? And at that time, uh, I guess when I really started getting back into skateboarding was 2000, 2001, which was when Toronto got its first outdoor concrete park and from there i just kind of kept track tried to take pictures eventually got to park 100 wrecked my ankle uh and then as soon as that healed i got to 101 and just kept going dude that's I and mean, that's awesome
0: i just think you know even if i hit like 100 200 but to 400 that's i mean that's huge man So, so which leads me to you know i don't know like pretty much anything about designing skate parks and so In the 400 plus you've seen, what makes like a bad skate park in your opinion?
1: Uh, lack of flow and lack of some of the simple obstacles. Uh, you can go to a park and okay, you've got, it's 12 foot quarters everywhere. But if you don't have mani pad, uh, a high grind box and a flat rail, then you're really limiting the amount of people that are going to enjoy that park.
0: True true yeah and and so on the flip side of that so what makes like a great like do you have any skateboards that like this is awesome i wish everyone had something similar is it like the map is it the design like the opposite of what you just said kind of
1: yeah uh having having the basics starting from the basics and then moving into uh some interesting things and some features that really set a park apart so like i know you've talked about lake cunningham yeah it's got iconic huge wall with the quarter pipe on top of it that's something that people aren't going to ride it, but they recognize it. Uh, the park yeah. Up, uh, Thunder Bay, which is about 18 hours north of Toronto, has a beautiful waterfront park. And the, the local uh, land feature is called the Sleeping Giant, and it's part of an escarpment. And they've replicated that as a skatable obstacle. Nice. So That kind of, that kind of thing really sets a sets park apart, as well as having basics and then building off that
0: yeah it's uh, yeah as you mentioned lake cunningham i mean it's still i don't think they listen to the show or anyone does but it's still shut down here in the bay area it's crazy like all the everything's open like uh you know they have gyms that are limited now you know restaurants are limited but like i've been emailing the parks and rec department you guys why why is this park not open like that's like my baby like my home local park but it's not open so i miss it so much i mean but i'm like mentally i'm like is it ever going to open up again you know (laughs) but that, that wall you talk about, I mean, I, if you ever make it out to California, definitely check it out and make, you know, add that to your list. But when you're at the bottom of the transition looking up and you, and people, I think, I can't remember who did, but someone dropped in on it, but it's so like, it makes my palms sweaty just thinking about it. Like it's that, it's like an eight foot wall. I don't, I don't, I'm maybe, yeah, maybe eight feet vert, which yeah. is crazy. But as you said, it's something that sticks out and kind of people, that's a landmark. Uh, or, all right. That's Lake Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, much like, because a lot of, you know, it has the the, the full pipe, and it's got all the, the layout of, you know, it's, what I like about it, it's got a mix of, as you said, the the basics. So it's got the manual pad, it's spread out, so it's not, I don't feel like it's crowded, you know, especially when, you know, back in, the, you know, a couple years ago when it was, attendance wasn't an issue. I'm sure with COVID and all, it's going to be, you know, appointment only and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to that, basically what I'm saying. So I, I, it's a it's a mental note to bug them again, is what I'm saying yeah so yeah so I'm gonna guess in in relation to size because I have that down on on my uh notes here do you I mean I prefer medium to large parks and I think you know Lake Cunningham would be considered like a large park because I need my space so like is community or like regional parks or, like would that be which of those would be like a better fit for me I know you've you've mentioned those two community and regional maybe you kind of explain what those are
1: uh regional is kind of a destination park some a park that someone not from that area would go and visit Mm -hmm. or if you're on vacation it's like oh that that park is in that city i'm gonna bring my board along Uh, like lynch family skate park in massachusetts if you're going to boston that's the place that i would hit uh as far as size making a park good i don't feel like that's necessary it's more of what the community needs Mm. into some pretty small parks there's a couple uh, that are known as skate paths up here where they're no more than about 15 to 20 feet wide but they're like upwards of 200 feet long with the obstacles spread out and i have a blast at those because you can just you basically have it's a make your own line
0: do you have and have you hit up any like pump parks do you have like pump track uh in Canada or have you hit one up?
1: We're starting to get more pump tracks. Uh, I hit a little one last summer. I got a I got a blast out of them. I know the local. There you
0: Yeah, I've yet to ride them. You know, they look fun. I, of the footage I've seen, it looks scary and fun. I guess is what I should say.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: we don't have one. We I think the nearest one is like seven hours away from me or something like that. So yeah, maybe I'll check it out. But you know, who who knows with with the next couple of years what the whole virus is going to do with us so yeah but yeah so and another thing too is I, i've noticed a lot of the parks and most of these parks they don't have which you know i think i don't know if it's a big deal or if what you've seen is like adequate shade like you know covering you know normally it's like you're just in the, the sun just boiling down how how are the parks that you've seen like is there any of them out there that have like the best of all worlds and just shady and you know bathrooms so, and all uh, that crap um,
1: Appealing to the parents has come up more and more over recent years. So (laughs) uh, the park is from 99. It's stuck in behind a rec center. uh, And it's also obscured by a bunch of trees and it's under some power lines. And it is, it is literally the site of a homicide now. So (laughs) with my city going forward, we're looking at making the new park in a highly visible area so that, you know, uh, was it phrased uh go take your hoodlum shit somewhere else wow yeah that, blunt and straight to the point <laughs> and, and that's from skaters that was wow. a comment on one of the message boards from one of the skaters when someone said like oh well we won't be able to drink there it's like go drink somewhere else
0: yeah exactly man no wow <laughs> but yeah it makes sense i mean there are a couple parts out here in san jose where you know i'll make sure i go either during the day or, you know, if it's just me, I'm like, okay, I kind of feel not unsafe, but I'm like, there should be other people around just in case, you know? So I mean, you all have those pockets, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'm just, you know, as, as you, you, you've seen 400 plus parks and you can see maybe not a trend, but there are certain areas or pockets or, you know, as even designs that might lead to that kind of environment. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the newer parks are all, uh, or a lot of new parks are including shade structures for the parents. Uh, Out in Quebec, in the Montreal area, they all have like washrooms. A lot of them have like little youth centers made out of uh, uh, shipping containers where you can go in and use the microwave or get water. Like we went to one and we go to the park, and not only is there a covered area with a basketball court and ping pong tables and washrooms. The lady comes out, introduces herself, and gives us like, a group of 12 kids uh, skate tools. Nice. Yeah. So, like, they know how to do it right. It's just about getting your city to commit to doing it right.
0: Yeah. And that's a whole other, uh, <laughs> whole other ball, uh, uh, a whole other bunch of questions, I should say. I, I, and I'm sure you've, you've done that. So, as far as like the overall park, and these are like just personal preferences, because I noticed. on some of even on your blog or whatnot how do you feel about like and it's not like i'm just trying to be like old guy get off my lawn type question but how do you feel about like graffiti or murals or stuff like that that say a new park's a fresh park but then you go and it's just you know covered with all of that you know stuff is it does it matter to you
1: uh i wouldn't say it matters to me i prefer a graffiti free park what uh, the Toronto Skate Committee has done is they've matched up with uh, Street Art Toronto. So in places that were getting graffitied, they've had professional artists come in and actually do some pretty beautiful murals, and that helps to cut down on the extra graffiti.
0: Yeah, that makes. And I, the reason why I want to ask that is because you know I, I looked at your blog and just just the parks that I've experienced, and it's a personal. I don't have a problem with it, but it messes with my brain. Like when I'm on a transition and it's not, it's like, it's got all this crazy graphics or graffiti. It just messes with my brain. Like I, it's hard for me to spot my landing, but then again, I understand why it happens in, in the murals and it helps. And, you know, as you mentioned, they hire people to actually do it. So they're proud of their work. So I'm kind of like back and forth on it. But yeah, much like you said, I prefer like a clean, just concrete wall. And then it's like the best of all worlds, but that's, you know, it can't happen. You know, you can't have that for all the parks, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and and how much of the 400 parks plus parks that you visit, how many of those are like indoor versus outdoor? Because we don't have a lot of indoor here in San Jose, but I'm sure in in Canada, you guys have a large percentage are indoor, right?
1: Well, we have that problem of indoor is expensive. So you've got to go, uh, the owners have to have insurance. So we don't have like a large number of indoors. Uh, I've been to at least a dozen indoors.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I prefer it I miss it. There was one in San Jose way back in the day. I know, Um, you know, they were in a couple of the Powell videos, but I, I love the indoor, the feeling of indoor. I just, I like the sound of it, the smell. It just, I prefer that over concrete, you know, I prefer wood, wood parks, but, but yeah, it's, from my experience, I'm now, you know, getting used to riding the outdoor parks and it's, it's just kind of an adjustment for me too, just mentally and, you know, and physically it hurts for me, at least it hurts more to fall on concrete than obviously wood, And that's most people probably agree.
1: Yeah. Concrete definitely feels harder.
0: Yeah. And and when it's cold, it's even worse, you know, and then, you know, the, for me, like, as I'm getting older, my, my left knee constantly have problems with it in the winter. So it takes me longer to warm up. And then, you know, if I only have like an hour of, t- of skate time available to me that I mean, I got to get going like fast. So it's like, you know, I'd rather be like an indoor, you know, park. It's all warm and you're you're sweating basically as soon as you walk in the door. But, you know, I don't have a and I don't have a ramp set up like you. I'm sure you could probably just heat up your uh, your, your basement there. And you're like, sweet. Going to ride yeah. my own private park.
1: That basement is pretty nice. <laughs>
0: so do you of all the parks that you've ridden is there i mean it's kind of hard to, to ask this but do you have like a favorite like i know you probably have like a top five list is there any like if anyone listening that's got this itching to just kind of hit your blog up and just hit up some of the parks? is there any that you'd recommend to go first if they're in the canada area
1: oh canada so now you're just giving me the whole country <laughs> well
0: yeah that's true maybe eastern canada you know yeah that's true good good point i don't mean to put you fully on the spot
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously since 2006, there's been a ton of amazing parks that have gone in that I haven't been to but know of. Uh, if you're in Vancouver, you're in for a treat because uh, that's where the first record was set. So the Vancouver area has like well over 30 parks, and that's where uh, um, the first record was set with Chris Haslam skating 31 in a day. Into the prairies, every major city, uh, Edmonton, Calgary has Canada's largest with uh, like a 30-foot full pipe wow what else saskatchewan has a park uh, i think two or three uh and if you get down to winnipeg winnipeg's got a pretty good uh, park system as well as their the most expensive park in canada when it opened in 2006 uh the plaza of the forks has a really big bowl and then the plaza is just beautiful it's got trees it's got planters I don't really know what else to compare it to cause I haven't been to a lot of like the U S plazas like Deirdre Plaza, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's built like right at the hub of the, the city. Like it's basically, uh, Winnipeg's central park, Times Square combined. Gotcha. Like, it, it is the, the hub of Winnipeg. And if you're ever there, check out that skate park.
0: Noted. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man.
1: Coming into Toronto, uh, Ashbridges Bay, Beaches Skate Park had a lot of, has a lot of names, but it's a big plaza-style park with a pretty uh, pretty gnarly bowl. Montreal used to have some of the worst parks in Canada, but over the last couple of years, they've just been replacing their prefab stuff with some pretty awesome parks. And then going out to the East Coast, uh, the Commons in Halifax is a pretty old park, but it's got updates and it's a lot of fun. And what's the other one? Saint John, New Brunswick, has a pretty sweet plaza that's uh, under an overpass, so it's nice and clear most of the year. Nice. I haven't been up to Newfoundland, but I'm hoping they've got a couple new parks going in. But there's parks everywhere.
0: Yeah, and they're popping up. And you you mentioned something too. Uh, 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 it's actually one of my notes. So you mentioned prefabricated, and was it, I guess the other option is concrete. Like, what's the difference? I mean, is there a benefit to either one, or what's the you know the difference on that
1: so prefabricated is like the the metal or the composite ramps that uh, mm. are off-site and then brought to somewhere flat now sometimes you'll have uh it'll be an old parking lot so the asphalt could be of any level of uh quality sometimes they're tossed in old tennis courts uh sometimes they'll put down like a fresh concrete pad then you've got precast concrete where the concrete uh ramps are built off-site they're brought in the flats are laid and sometimes. Uh, the decks the problem i'll have with those is sometimes those pieces don't always line up quite right so you've got either a crack or a gap and mm. then the industry standard is moving towards the the port in place cast in place where they build the skate park on site from the ground up
0: yeah that makes the most sense too cuz you figure as you you mentioned like they're they're built by pieces so maybe the the coping doesn't line up or you know something happens to them in trans, you know they're they're in transit to the location but yeah if you build it right on spot you have a better shot of 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 making it smooth and 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 rideable or at least for the most part you know not perfect but much better than that so that makes sense so so what can skaters do like you know we're we're talking about getting parks up in the in the neighborhoods i mean is there anyone maybe if they're listening now like you know what i don't have a park And, you know, they're inspired now. What can they do or what do they need to do in their community to get, like, more skate parks in their hometown, in your opinion?
1: Uh, Probably the first thing is educate yourself. The Skate Park Project, which used to be known as the Tony Hawk Foundation, Mm -hmm. uh, took over the Skaters for Public Skate Parks uh, website and information so that all of the information that you could ever want is within those two bodies. So I kind of studied that to a point where, I would go to a skate park open house and people would have questions and I'm answering all these questions. And then at the end, they came up to me. and It's like, Oh, here, here's my uh, survey form. I'm like, Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't work for the city. <laughs> yes. So having the education, once you start talking to people in the city, you'll realize that they don't know anything about skate parks and even your parks and rec people probably don't know more than you will. Hmm. Uh, All of the information that you need to advocate for the skate park is out there. Then it's about forming your group. And what I did with my local was I just created an Instagram page separate from my regular account, Pickering Skate Parks Alliance, so that the other people within the area and other advocates could just keep in touch and work that way. So doing that, we're six years in, we've got a budget of, uh, it just got boosted. Uh, by a hundred thousand dollars for the main skate park but nice. things are still moving slowly
0: yeah as i'm sure they do like okay you guys want all this money and you want to park and this and that but but that's good to know i mean because it, it's crazy to think this you know and and i think i mentioned this a couple episodes ago is uh there was a jencom article just talking about how like spoiled some of us are because we have parks that are so near like within walking distance to us and then there's another part of the world or in some spots that don't, they don't have access to any park. So it's good to know that. But yeah, that makes sense that you kind of have to become almost the expert. That's <laughs> cool that they came to you. Like, hey, here's a survey. Cause you, you knew your stuff, you know, and, and I guess that's a good start. Know know what you want and kind of have the, the answers to those questions that they might come back with. And, and I guess you, you kind of learn as you go too. I'm assuming, right. You didn't know as much as you do now right away.
1: Yeah, uh, I had to read through a lot of the uh, the public skate park guide, uh, hmm. learn where all of these, all the data on noise levels, crime prevention, and that kind of stuff came from. Shout out to the skate park podcast from uh, the Tony Hawk Foundation with uh, Alec Beck. He reached out to me when I was having some advocacy burnout. But if anyone is interested in Learning how to advocate for a skate park. I recommend that podcast. Start from the beginning; it's fantastic.
0: Great point. Yeah, I've seen it. It's been on my radar. I I haven't listened to an episode yet, but now I I think I need to change that, Um, just so I can have the overall knowledge too when I'm talking on this show. Like, all right, cool. Hey, you guys, if you want to go this direction, but that's a good resource, and yeah, it's a good website too. I've seen it. uh, I've checked out their website before, but it's good to know there's there's some resources like that for for anyone listening that wants to get something in the park, but so, and and this is, of course, I mean, outside of the DIY world. I mean, you know, everyone, sometimes, you know, Burnside, it became a park out of nothing, you know, the DIY. So we do see an uptick in that as well. But I think eventually it's going to be like the route that you, you've you taken for your local parks is that, you know, you've got to go through the, the steps. So that way, you know, you don't show up one day and your park's gone. You know, I mean, all that work you put in, it's gone.
1: Yeah, I... Build little obstacles. I was stashing them in the woods near my house by a parking lot, and one of my bars went missing. It was gone for two years before it showed up at another DIY. <laughs> yeah, well, actually,
0: speaking of yeah, it just popped in my head when I was doing research for the show. You did some awesome like DIY uh, setups in 2020. Like the one that comes to my mind right now is like there was like was it like an ice cream cone or something like that? You <laughs>
1: or, what was that? I mean, explain that a little bit. <laughs> So, the ice cream cone pole jam came from yeah. building. So, through COVID, I was injured. So, I wasn't really working my normal duties. I had yeah. a lot of extra time off. And my grand or my father in law had decommissioned their old uh, treehouse. They'd just taken it down. So, I have all this lumber. And I would always just, anytime I saw bed rails sitting on the side of the road, I would still throw those in my car because that's the poor man's angle iron. Like, if, if you want five or six feet of angle iron, grab one of those and take your grinder to it. Oh, so I started off in March building uh, a pole jam to replace one that my friends had accidentally pitched. And then uh, I had all these little designs and books that I've been working on for years. I'm like, I'm going to make uh, the A-frame pole jam. I'm going to make this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, making a, a flattened curve that's like just fun to you over. And I call these all my COVID contraptions. <laughs> so someone hit me up. It's like, hey, do you sell these? I'm like, no, but I'll give it to you at like cost. Heck yeah for the, I think he gave me 50 bucks for it, which is, I had more fun making it than 50 bucks cost.
0: Dude, that's uh, awesome.
1: Then when I got to go deliver it, I got to go hit his local skate park, which was even better. So win, win. Was that win I thought like, well, what if you just rounded it off? And what if you made, instead of having just like a two by four as a base, make it look like a melted spot? So that's how I worked in this melted ice cream. It's uh, <laughs> just, Painted it up. I've always been good at kind of like the stencil graffiti, so I was able to kind of put something together for that for the textures. Yeah, it worked out. No,
0: it was cool, man. But yeah, I'll be sure to include that the link to that video in the show notes for anyone to to, to look at. But yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, that's right, man. I remember just following your your COVID journey with all those cool setups and contraptions that were keeping you you know, busy and sane along you know the crazy twenty twenty year we had. Yeah. And so, more recently, you became an, an ambassador for Skate Park Respect. You know, talk a little bit about what their mission is and, you know, and congrats on that, by the way. But what is Skate
1: Park Respect? So, uh, I should just grab their flyer because they can say it better than I can. Yeah, so do it, man. Skatepark Respect. Ugh. Skatepark Respect, their mission and what they do, they create a sense of responsibility and strengthen the skateboarding community in the cleaning and maintenance of skateparks. And that was something that I'd been down for long before I ever heard of them because I sometimes will hop in my car and go four hours away to hit a skate park. I always have a broom, garbage bags, and other things. So like, I've never gotten to a park that I couldn't ride because it's dirty. Like, when you're, when you're going to hop in a car and go four hours away, you better bring a broom. Yeah. So I've always done that, and with my little drop spot, I'm trying to get the idea that the skaters aren't the ones making this area a mess. It's the weddings at this uh, local community center, or it's people just using the parking lot as a dumping ground. So whenever I would go over there and pull out my rail or pull out my pole jam, I'd go around for 20 minutes before and clean up the garbage, throw it in the dumpster there, and kind of hope that the, the townhouses that can overlook that are seeing me actively doing this on my skateboard Mm. so that kind of oh there's a skater oh he's cleaning up oh that's cool so with that i reached out to them because with the parks that we're trying to get in pickering i'm trying to get that sense of community and that kind of not ownership but sense of responsibility for your own your own local so i reached out to them asking about uh, have they heard of any places that have like a locked bin that people keep Brooms and other stuff at. So they pointed me in a direction and then they contacted me again and asked if I'd be interested in being one of their skate park ambassadors, which for sure, totally down with that. So they said, like, okay, we'll send you all this stuff. I'm like, well, I've already got most of that stuff. And if you're shipping from California to Toronto, like, why don't you make the box as small as possible? So just use my own broom, my own buckets, but they sent me like a nice hat and can't wait to get back on parks
0: yeah no that's awesome man i love how you as you mentioned they you wanted them to see you on a skateboard like wow okay this guy actually cares about his you know his his setup his environment you know all that stuff because yeah i mean i've been to parks dude you're like dude what what the hell just happened here was there a party last night and there's just bottles everywhere Taco Bell things just everywhere and you got to spend 20 minutes cleaning up just so you can do some grinds you know yeah
1: uh i think what was said on the skate park podcast uh, is you have a lot of developing humans that haven't quite realized the, the consequence or the responsibility of what's it look like and how they interact with their environment.
0: True. Yeah. I and mean, exactly. And, and, it, and it's going to be, I mean, maybe they're, they they do not skate and down the road they'll skate and they'll see the light and go, Oh, you know what? You know, I did make a mess, but now I'm going to just start doing my thing. But the reason why I'm glad you, you mentioned that, because I recently, I bought like, um what was it like? It was like, they're 32 inch foldable grabbers. Like the, yeah. you've probably seen them before. They have suction cups on them. I bought two because I have two kids. <laughs> but um, I got them walk, we, we walk around just for breaks and, you know, from their school, whatever. And I got them so excited to pick up garbage. Like, it's crazy. And I know the neighbors probably see us and like, because they're running to pick up the garbage and they're like, you know, that's why I had to buy two because they were fighting over the one, but I've got them kind of hooked on picking up just just for the neighborhood. You know, I don't take them to the skate park, but with me, but just kind of giving them that feeling of, oh, hey, I'm, I'm contributing. So,
1: yeah, that and was cool. what I did with my kids on the first day of COVID uh, yeah. when everything was, hey, just you know, social distance. So we went down to the beach near our place, and even though it was March and we're all in our snow suits, we went and picked up trash. Got a, a bin full. So yeah,
0: going back to like the cleanup gear, I mean, do you have like, is there any any preference on your, like you mentioned you had brooms and you know, what's kind of the, a, a, a kit that someone can have in their car that's listening and wants to help out at their local skate park, what would you
1: recommend? So get a nice big wide push broom that's probably about 20 inches that has a squeegee on the other side that screws into your pole so that way you can take it apart to get in your car. Mm. Uh, I have a telescoping painter's pole, which I thought was such a really cool original idea, and I've had it for years. And then I just saw in the uh, Mason Silva, Louis Lopez, Ryan Lee video, they've got the same painter's pole. Nice. So we're doing it right. <laughs> and then have a, a really good dustpan. Because dust. I went through so many dollar store dustpans, and then you're just adding to the garbage.
0: Excellent point. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask that, you know, and I was thinking like, damn, like, Scott, we need to get you some like affiliate links down the road. You can have these on your blog. You know, you can benefit from that. But anyway, but no, that's cool. That's good info for them. Now they, they kind of have, you know, listeners have an idea of where they need to go, what they need to do as far as getting to the park. And as far as cleaning up the park, you know, you gave them some great advice. So I, w- I guess I'll, wrapping up, you know, I only have a couple more questions for you. Is Is there anything... That maybe we didn't cover today, as far as like skate parks or just advice or just anything like that, that that we would want to kind of mention to anyone listening that's looking to kind of follow your footsteps in
1: a way? Uh, The thing that I would say is probably people who you think are kind of unreachable, like especially city officials, they are totally reachable and they are there to work for you. Mm. Uh, When I started advocating and I reached out to members of the city council, if I don't get a response, then you just contact the general contact uh, email for the city. Uh, the biggest hassle that I ever have is when I contact a region or a, a local councillor. They come back and say, "Oh, what's your postal code or zip code?" Meaning that, "Oh, are you my constituent?" Hmm. But I always work around that. It's like, "Well, no, but I I live outside of your area, but I work and play there, so I have an interest." Maybe you won't take my opinion, but maybe once I explain why I have an interest in this project in your area, you might listen to me. Gotcha. And the same thing for skate park developers uh, and uh, the the skate park project. uh, Reach out to them anytime you have a question. Uh, The biggest misconception is they just swoop in and build skate parks. Like they... Don't they? Their biggest grant is twenty thousand dollars, which doesn't buy you much, but it's kind of the notoriety that goes along with it. That like, oh well, this this entity related to Tony Hawk gave us five thousand dollars. What will you give us? That's how the skate park project more or less works. They don't come in. They don't sling concrete for you. They are a tool, a good tool. Yeah, it was the same thing when I started reaching out for skate park companies, like, I thought these guys were a next level, like, they're building skate parks, which to me was the only other thing outside of being a paramedic that I would ever want to do. So when I emailed one of them saying, hey, you've got your website up, you've got this location, but you don't have pictures of your park here, have my pictures of your park, because maybe you don't have them. And that just developed a relationship where now like New Line Skate Parks is one of the bigger companies in Canada. But all of these people are now like, if I need something, if I want to talk to someone, if I have a question, I just email them directly because we've built that relationship over time. They use my photos. A lot of times I hear, well, you get to the parks when they're brand new and they're not covered in graffiti. So that's why we like your photos. It's been interesting, some of the places that my photos have shown up.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's good. So I guess it brings out lastly, so anyone listening that's inspired by, you know, what they've heard, where can they find you, you, your work, you know, plug your social media, website, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, so the blog is spot with two T's, dreams of skateparks.blogspot.com uh my former co-worker started that up for me when i was around 100 parks so there's a lot of lot of stuff on there the instagram handle is spot the Loony, s-p-o-t-t the Loony, uh l-o-o-n-i-e and that's where i just post most of the stuff as well as links to the blog and then pickering skate parks alliance is where i'm doing the advocacy stuff for uh pickering and the local communities
0: Excellent. Yeah. And, and anyone listening, y'all include all the links to that in the, the show notes, but do go check out Scott's work. I mean, he, the, 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 the knowledge that he has, and he spoke about today, there's a reason behind it. And there's pictures to prove everything he's talked about, you know, and, and you get to see a lot of cool parks too. And maybe that'll inspire you guys, you know, to kind of do the same in your community. So that's, uh. so I appreciate your time, Scott. I knew there'd be some value in it to the listeners. So you guys definitely check out his work and, and, you know, and, and almost use him as if you get stuck, you know, maybe reach out to Scott or myself and say, Hey, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm trying to get a park in my neighborhood. What do I need to do? And we'll, we'll try and help you out. So Scott, do, I, I do appreciate your time and hopefully your ankle, you know, your foot and all that heals up soon. It's getting better. It's Good, man. So yeah, we'll. we'll We'll do this again soon, man. This has been a blast. I mean, is there anything as far as maybe we, we didn't cover today that you want to talk? I mean, I, I, I know I talked a lot about skate parks and stuff like that. But just in closing, is there anything that you're that you uh, that you're really kind of hyped on?
1: I don't know. I just want to thank you for having me on. It's been like the last couple of years of discovering podcasts has been a really cool journey. It started with the, the skate park podcast and advocacy. And then when I were on vacation... I was looking for something new, and that's how I discovered the Skatosis guys. And, mm. Shout out to uh, Drew and Aaron. Yes, shout out to them. So like, uh, as a paramedic, we had a really, really bad call one night, and it was winter, so like I can't go out and hit the parks. It's going to be uh, 1130 by the time I get home. I listened to their show, and it made me feel the way that I feel when I go skateboarding. And I wrote them, just like knowing, again, people people are accessible. and people appreciate when you reach out to them more often than not when it's positive. So I reached out to drew and from there we've developed a friendship and then he was talking about your show. So I started listening to your show and then you had the guy from wood in your ear on. <laughs> yeah, told- It's a big circle. It's so funny that, uh, they broadcast out of Michigan city, Indiana. So yep. So in back to 2013, I was on a road trip with my wife and we came back through the States from Winnipeg and we stopped at that skate park. Small world, so, man. Oh, it's such a small world. Where, where I work, we have the, the Toronto airport, and I would pick up people all the time, and they're like, oh, I'm from so-and-so. I'm like, oh, I know your skate park. Like, How do you know my skate park? <laughs> or I had one lady show up, she's like, oh, I guess, uh, I guess I'll go with you to the hospital. I'm like, okay, where, where were you flying to? Oh, Chicago, but I don't live there. Like, oh, well, where do you live? Oh, Rockford, Illinois. Like, oh, I know Rockford, I've been to your skate park. <laughs> And she, goes, why? Like mostly because it was there. Yeah, it's like something to and, hit. <laughs> yeah, and the the Rockford Skate Park is where uh the documentary Minding the Gap parts for oh, yeah. film. So it's this the skate industry is a very very small world. It is, man, and
0: and I I don't feel I'm not going to say I'm jealous, but I I respect the fact that you've had. Way more experience at hitting skate parks around, at least you know in Canada and the U.S. than I have. But it's goals for me. You know, I could hit maybe in a lifetime, maybe one in each state. But I'm not gonna you know fully commit to it. But it's very inspiring. Is so I'm I'm glad you're on. I really wanted to talk to you. It's been on my, my list for a while. So it's this has been a blast. Let's do it again. Uh, I don't want to give you pressure, but maybe as you get closer to 500 or something, well, you know, or, or any updates you may have, you know, you can always reach out to me as well, dude. Yeah, give, give me a couple years and we'll see what happens <laughs> summer. Yeah, no pressure. Heal up that,
1: that foot first and then we'll talk. <laughs> I, I like getting back into it hard. As soon as this foot's good, then I've got a basement that I have built a whole bunch of stuff for that I got to shred.
0: Yeah, you guys fa- go on his Instagram. You'll know what we're talking about. You'll see the ramp that, that I that, – that I, who knows? Maybe I'll be in Canada one day. I'll be knocking on your door and I'll be like, hey, can I skate get your ramp? You know, let's make this happen. You never know.
1: I didn't build it to hoard it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. That's a perfect statement. So cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a blast, dude. I appreciate the time. Have a good rest of your day. I know we'll be in touch here soon, man.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Rick.
0: Later. Have a good one. You too.